Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Word. Amen. Tonight, if you will, turn to the book of Galatians. Kind of winding down on our teaching on prosperity tonight, I want to look at something that will help you. I think we take this for granted many times. I've made the statement twice that you shouldn't give like you pay your bills. Amen. I mean, if I didn't have to pay my bills, I wouldn't. But if I didn't, they'd take my house away, my car away, and cut off my lights and my water. Anybody realize that? Kind of hard to live if you don't pay your bills. So my motivation for, for paying my bills is not love. <laughs> it's, it's comfort. <laughs> hey, man, it's comfort. I mean, I guarantee you that's my motivation. But we know the, uh, one of the key scriptures in the Bible, which a lot of people know and have memorized, John three sixteen, 16, uh, for God so loved the world uh, that he gave his only begotten son. Now notice, love being the motivation, giving being the action. We know it also says in the book of Galatians that faith works by love. Actually, I like to see it like this, that faith is fueled by love. I've always noticed in my life when I had to use faith uh, for something major in my life, to, uh, uh, to possess something, uh, to receive healing in my body, uh, whatever it may have been, I always noticed there was an opportunity for me to walk in love. You say, what do you mean? Well, something would come up, usually with people, usually with somebody, uh, that would be a, a, you know, a conflict between us or a personality rub between us or something that would go on where I could make a choice to either be this way or that way, either to walk in love or either to kind of, you know, hey, well, I don't have to have anything to do with that. Well, I made a decision a long time ago that whenever those things rose up, it was evidence that God was wanting to put something into my faith that was going to cause my faith to rise to another level. I've noticed in other people's lives also, Many times I saw people that failed to receive, because that really bugs me, it really bothers me when people fail to receive healing, finances, whatever it is they're believing God for. That really bugs me. And many times I'll just get into the Word and I'll pray and I'll dig into the Word. I'll say, Lord, show me in the Word. Show me, show me. And if I'm, I'm, if I'm familiar with the situation, I'm not familiar with every situation, but every once in a while I'm very familiar with a situation. And many times when I see a failure in faith where faith did not produce the desired result in the individual's life, then because those few times in which I was familiar with the situation, I would notice, well, they should have walked in love there. There was an opportunity to walk in love. There was an opportunity to, uh, to, to instead of yielding to their own uh, nature or to be angry or to be mad or, or to just you know blow somebody off in their life or whatever it took, they should have walked in love in that situation. If they would have walked in love in that situation, their faith would have worked. Now, now listen, you have to understand, we've taught on love and we'll teach on love you know, many more times over the years. But, but love, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. To walk in love towards somebody is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Because many times walking in love is construed as a, as a weakness where you're just letting somebody get over on you. Let somebody, no, no, love is never a weakness when it's applied correctly. Amen? When it's applied correctly. Don't you agree that the love of God was applied correctly to humanity. Redemption wasn't a weakness of God. 
Amen. Salvation is not a weakness of God. Forgiveness is not a weakness of God. These are the great strengths of God that brought salvation to humanity through the love of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So, since we're studying prosperity, we must understand that all, all of our giving must be motivated by love. Amen. Now, did you find the book of Galatians? Look there in chapter 2, verse 20. I just want to hit a couple of scriptures here. This may help you tonight. Verse 20, this is a familiar scripture. We confess this every Tuesday night. It says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Now notice this. Who loved and gave himself for me. Now do you see? The act was giving, but the motivation was love. Who loved and gave himself for me. Well, we know the Father loved us by giving Jesus. Therefore, Jesus loved us by giving himself. You know, they didn't take him. They didn't kill him. They didn't abuse him. He allowed that to take place. You know, he said, I could call 10,000 legions of angels if I wanted to. He could have stepped down off the cross at any time if he had wanted to. But what kept him on the cross? Love. What got him to the cross? Love. How did he endure the stripes on his back? The love of God. How did he, how did he endure all of the, all of the abuse? These were, this was God's covenant people. He was the, quote, seed of Abraham. He was the manifestation of all that Israel was all about and the reason the Jewish people existed. Here he was being abused, being crucified, being hung on a cross by these very covenant people. Are you with me? How could he do it? He loved them. How could he then take that and transfer it into the world that knew nothing about him, that rejected him, that yielded to the lower nature that came into mankind through Adam's sin? How could he do that? Because he loves us. He loves each and every one of us in such a way that you cannot measure it, it says in Ephesians, so you must experience it. I like to say it like this. You can't explain it. You've never been loved till you've been loved by God. I, I thought for sure after about uh, 12 years of being backslid away from God, shaking my fist at God, saying I'm not going to serve God. I'm not going to preach the gospel. Get the Christians away from me. Get the preachers away. I don't want nothing to do with those type of people. I thought for sure God didn't love me anymore. And one of the first things God spoke to me when I came back to the Lord was this. I still love you. I never quit loving you. And the reason you're here tonight is because, I'm talking about the night I was there when I got right with God. The reason you're here tonight is because I never quit loving you. And if you'll walk with me and believe me, I'll continue to love you throughout eternity. God never quits loving you. So you must understand that that love that is on the inside of us, that's imparted to us, that's developed as we grow up in God, one of the fruit of the Spirit, amen, that is something that we must allow to motivate are giving. Amen. We had a brother, uh, Stan, Stan Mathiser. He's a little bit intense, isn't he? <laughs> Amen. Well, he's got a pretty serious assignment. I, I know one thing. I'm glad I'm sending him. I mean, glad you're sending him. And, and we were blessed to be able to give him $5,000. Isn't that cool? Well, why would we give $5,000? Don't you know we could use that on fixing up the bus? Don't you know we could put that into the building fund? Uh, don't, don't you know we could use that to, uh, to buy some of the things we're going to need for the gospel tent crusade in uh, August? 
Well, the reason is, is because there's people in China we've never met, probably never will meet. There's people in China over there that God loves, and we care enough about what God is doing to not only love God, love the servants of God, but also love the work of God. So when we begin to think about, why am, I, why am I writing out this check? Why am I putting this money in this envelope? Am I just paying my Christian bill? And then we wonder why we don't prosper the way we should. Am I just paying my Christian bill? Am I just paying? And listen, I've been on the other side, where the, where the, and I've heard the preachers get up, and, you know, we, we're the ones that provide the air conditioning. We provide the light. You should pay. Your, no, 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 no. Listen, never give like that at Island Church. We want to provide a place for every person to come and sit comfortably and worship God and hear the Word and be ministered to and receive the love of God's people. But you must understand, when we give motivated by the love of God, we are giving in the same way that God gives. And if we give in the same way that God gives, what do we do? We receive in the same way that God receives. You say, how does God receive? He receives good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Amen? You say, well, how do you know that? What has He ever received? Everybody put their hand up. You are what God has received through redemption. Think of all the people that are getting saved. All the people that have gone to heaven since Jesus rose from the dead. Think of all the people that will not have to suffer in hell and suffer eternal torment because God loved them so much and they were able to receive the love of God through salvation. Now notice what it says. Let me read the scripture one more time. I like it. Let me read it amplified. I've been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by the faith, by the adherence to and reliance upon and complete trust in the Son of God who loved and gave himself up for me. Every time you see God's love, you see an active force. Only in giving... Can you truly activate the love of God that is on the inside of you when you understand that every time you give, you are giving to further the kingdom of God? Somebody's going to get saved. Somebody's going to get touched. Somebody's going to get discipled. Somebody's going to get to go to another nation. Somebody's going to spread the word. Are you with me? How many was it Sunday morning that, 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 that eight, or, eight or nine got saved Sunday morning? I think since the first of the year we've had 100 people Right at 100, 101, 100 people that have come and stood in the altars and said yes to Jesus. What's that worth? What is the value of that? It's an unmeasurable value. I said it's an unmeasurable. What is an eternal soul worth? God thought it was worth so much that He gave Himself. He loved us so much He gave Himself so that He might redeem the eternal spirit of man. Are you with me? So, who loved and gave Himself... For me. Now go to Acts. Let's go to Acts real quick, then we'll flip right back over to Romans. Go to Acts chapter 10. We've studied this scripture several times. Cornelius. We know that this is where the Gentile nation really found its entrance into the things of the Spirit, into the things of God. This man was a Roman, he was not Jewish. A lot of speculation has been made about Cornelius. I've even read after some writers that believe he was the centurion that went to Jesus. Remember the centurion that went to Jesus and and said, you know, uh, 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 my servant is at home, uh, uh, tormented of a devil. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. He said, no, you don't need to come. I'm not worthy. Uh, Just send the word. Jesus said he had, well, we don't have any evidence that that's who it is. But we do have as evidence 
that something about the God of the Jewish people had impacted this man, had impressed this man, had so moved this man that he made a decision to become a Jewish proselyte. That's what he was. Now, think about this just for a moment. And I don't know, it's very difficult for us to use our imagination to go back into the mentality of ancient, the ancient world. But a lot of stuff was based on the God you served. If you won a victory, they gave God the credit. Well, their God is bigger than our God because we won, and that's proof that our God is better than their God. Amen? Well, here's this Roman guy who is part of a conquering army that has now become an army of occupation. And Rome was mixed up in more garbage than you ever want to know. They were not a Christian nation at the time. They did not love God at the time. They did not love Jesus at the time. There was no Vatican. There was no Catholic Church. There was no Pope. There was none of that. There were just a bunch of crazy people that basically were so demon-possessed that they sin, their, their sin literally de- destroyed the empire from the inside out. If you ever read about the destruction of the Roman Empire, it literally imploded. Because of sin. Go read about Caligula, Nero, and some of those other people. Insanity. Absolute insanity. So they basically served themselves. They were their own gods. Now here they are. A world conqueror. And here's this little nation over here that they just rolled over. And went and set up a bunch of outposts. Amen. And they're collecting taxes from them and getting money from them. But these guys, are, they're a strange group of people uh, because they have these little, little synagogues set up all around. And in their capital city, they have a temple. Now, they won't let us go in there. They won't let us go in there. And they won't let us worship their God. But who is their God? He ain't nothing. He sure didn't deliver them from us. They didn't win any mighty battles. He didn't do anything to deliver them. When Jesus came to the earth, Israel was occupied by Rome. Amen? Just like, you know, America occupies what? Afghanistan right now? They were occupied. Who is their God? We're bigger than them. We're better than them. If their God was so great, why didn't He deliver them? Are you with me? So Cornelius... Here he is. He's the head of what? A hundred men. He's part of the Roman army. Now the Bible says of him, notice this. He's a devout man, verse 2, one that feared God with all his house, gave much alms to the people, and prayed to God always. Now, if I would have been one of his contemporaries, one of his peers, You know, they probably got together from time to time. The officers that were over them, strategy, uh, uh, implementation of policy, all the different things that they must have been talking about. So here you're you're, you're sitting with, and here he's got, he's wearing a, a Star of David around his neck. He's got a Star of David around his neck. You look at him, you're like, hey, Cornelius, what's that mean? That's that's the Star of David. Who's David? Well, David's a, he's, a, he's a character in the, in the uh, history of this nation. Uh, he was a king, and he begins to explain. He said, well, what, what do you care about him for? If they were something, then they would be ruling us instead of us ruling them. You can imagine the feedback he must have got from his contemporaries and from his peers. Because he was 
to the point in loving God. Now listen to me. In loving God, he got to the point where he loved God enough to love God's people. And he proved his love by what? Now look, being devout, that's for Cornelius. Fearing God, that's for Cornelius. Praying to God always, that's for Cornelius. But giving much alms to the people? Who are the people? These aren't the soldiers under him. They get a good wage. These aren't, these aren't, these aren't the, uh, the servants that work in his house. Uh, you know, he pay, No, he's talking about, actually, he's probably giving his alms to the synagogue where he's fellowshipping and learning of this God of the blood covenant, this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's probably in a place where he's taking care of some of the poor people of the area. Are you with me? He's giving alms. Now notice what it says. I like this. This is awesome. He's given, he gave much. How big was his love? How big was his giving? How big is your love? How big is your giving? <laughs> Boy, that, that got it quiet in here, didn't it? Amen. Come on, church. How big is your love? How big is your giving? Now, no, we know, we know giving is not just on the level of money because you give of your money, but you also give of your time and of your ability. But you've got to know, for God so loved the world that He did what? He exhausted Himself. He literally took out of heaven everything that was valuable. Everything that was valuable, not only to heaven, but earth itself. Because Jesus was, is, and forever will be the Word of God. So He exhausted His accounts. He said, this is how much I love my creation, my man and my woman. I love them so much, I will exhaust my accounts. I will empty out my accounts in giving the Word, Jesus, the living Word, for them and to them to redeem them. Now here comes Cornelius years later, uh, however many years, could have been 10 to 12 years after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he begins to follow a pattern he knows nothing about. He's being devout. He's fearing the Lord. That's for him. That's his own character. He's, he's praying. That's for him. But then he's touching God's people. He loves God, so he loves God's people. So he's giving. He sees a need, and he gives. He sees a problem, and he gives. He sees somebody that needs help, and he gives. Amen. Sometimes our giving is so mechanical. You know, we come in, we're given the offering, we make out our check, and we never really sit down and meditate on where is this going? That's why when we get up and receive the offerings on, uh, on uh, 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 Missionary Sunday, I try to mention all the missionaries. But now just think for a moment, just for, just for a moment tonight. In Cuba tonight, there are ten pastors who do not have to work a secular job because we supply their full salary month after month after month after, and have done it for many years. For God so loved, He gave. In, in Kenya tonight, there's a, an orphanage, not a huge, massive worship orphanage. No, just a little orphanage. And they're believing God to expand from 30 to 40 kids. And we've been giving to them now for almost six years. We've helped them build a new kitchen. We've helped them build their, uh, uh, 
uh, uh, uh, there was something else at that bed. Oh, a new, a new dormitory for the girls, for the older girls. Uh, uh, we gave a, an enormous amount of prayer. We gave them a Christmas. Remember when we gave them a Christmas one time? That blew their minds. They've never even, they, 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 they never even thought a church would ever do that. We did that. We gave them a Christmas. So there's some little orphans over there. Over in, uh, think about, let's just think about for a moment in Bolivia, a nation with a communist leader who the statistics for teen pregnancy, gang violence, and drug addiction were off the charts for the, for the public schools, first through 12th grade. And missionaries we support wrote a book that at the end of the book, it brought you to a decision of whether to receive Jesus Christ or not. And it swept through the schools like wildfire. And tens of thousands of school children got saved to the point that they had to train thousands of teachers to teach the book. And the statistics for teen pregnancy, gang violence, and drug abuse are now in the single digits in Bolivia. And the World Health Organization cannot explain it because it's a communist country and the hub of cocaine production in South America. But their schools have revival. Now they're taking that same book to Chile. They moved to Chile, taking that same Do you think about things? For God so loved, He what? Gave. He gave. Here's Brother Stan. He's telling us about 2.1 million people with four believers amongst them. They're going to get the Bible. They're going to get the Word. They're going to get preached. Once salvation begins to hit, it's going to spread like wildfire. There'll be people in heaven that'll walk up to you and say, Thank you for giving $5 in an offering on a Sunday night so that I was able to get a Bible in my hand and not have to go to hell. There'll be people that'll read the sign on the side of the bus and come to Island Church. They'll ride the bus and come to Island Church. By the way, think of all the people, because the bus has, what, 800,000 miles on it. Think of all the people that got born again at Word of Life in Shreveport, Louisiana, that rode that bus and got saved, got delivered, and don't have to go to a sinner's hell because somebody had enough vision to buy a bus in the first place. Amen? See, you've got to begin to let this rise up in you, and when you write out a check, or put money in, a, in, a, in an envelope and have the same attitude toward it as you do paying your bills, then you're robbing yourself of the power that fuels your faith. Amen. How many messages have we preached in this building? How many have we preached in the one over on 45th Street? How many CDs have gone out? How many times have people got on the internet and listened to us? How many are going to watch our broadcast when we get on the internet? How many meals did we feed? How many was it, Alan? 66,000 or something meals that we fed out there during the storm. How, much, uh, how many people did we minister? People would pull up here and fall out of their cars weeping. We'd pray and minister to them and, and believe God for, for restoration. All that is going on. Listen, the work of God is a good work. I said the work of God is a good work. The work of, the work of God is an act of love. And when people criticize the quote, prosperity message saying well all they want is a Lexus and a Rolex and well I'm sorry that people did abuse it but please don't take that brush and paint the picture of everybody because we're not like that we're looking for the need to meet for the person to help we've bought 
thousands of dollars worth of groceries for people. We've paid thousands of dollars worth of rent and light bills. We've done all kinds of stuff to try to help people. We've sent people on missions trips. We've sent Bibles. We've done this. We've done that. We've spent millions of dollars trying to do what we can do to help hurting, suffering, dying humanity, and we're just scratching the surface. We're just getting started. And the more we get back from our giving is going to be determined by our love for the God, for the work of God, for the ministry of God, and for the hurting people of the world. Not on the inconvenience of, how to, of having to write out a tithe check because it's your Christian bill. <laughs> Amen. Now, how's my time? Oh, i got a clock down here. Oh, man, I'm doing good. Go to Romans. Let me show you something here. Go to Romans chapter 8. Maybe I should have waited to take the offering. <laughs> Let me, I want to read this. There's several verses here. Since I got, I got a few minutes, I'm going to go ahead and read this. He's been, you know, all that's in Romans. Romans 8 is one of the, one of the key chapters of redemption. Talks about the Spirit helping our infirmities, a lot on prayer, praying in the Spirit, all that kind of stuff. Uh, verse uh, 30, let's see, verse 31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, yea, rather is risen. Who is even at the right hand of the God who maketh intercession for us? Now notice this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or the sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that... Whoa. For God, now connect that to, for God so loved the world, he gave. So he must have given something to us that empowered us to be not conquerors, but more than conquerors. Oh, man. Now think about that a minute. The love of God is not a warm, fuzzy feeling. I, I prayed for a lady one time, received the Holy Ghost, and, and she came up in a line, and, and I, I said, uh, it was, a, uh, it was oh, out down in Westlaco, Texas. I reached up and said, uh, you ever received the Holy Spirit before? Uh, yes. I said, have you spoken to before? No, no, no. I said, well, how do you know you received the Holy Ghost? She said, because I felt the love of God. So I asked her, I said, what did that feel like? What did that feel? I want to know. What did that feel like? And she said, well, it was warm and it was fuzzy. <laughs> it took me about 10 minutes, but we finally got her speaking in tongues. And I don't know if she's still warm and fuzzy. But, but the love of God is not a feeling. I thank God when there are times in worship I get overwhelmed when I'm old. 
personal prayer time here in the church, and I'll just begin to weep. Tears will begin to run. I'll just begin to sense the love of God, His acceptance of me because of Jesus, His righteousness in me. I mean, it just overwhelms me. I look at what God's doing at Island Church, doing in the lives of people here at the church. I'm just, whoa, God loves us so much. Despite all of the mistakes we made, despite of all of our inadequacies, despite of everything that we do that's not right, God still loves us, still lifts us up, still has mercy on us. Nothing we've ever done has separated us from His love, and nothing ever will. And His love is so strong toward us, not only does He use His mercy to get us out of what we get ourselves into, but then He empowers us to not be conquerors, but more than conquerors. Based upon His love. Mm-mm-mm. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor what you got yourself into last week, last month, or last year, nor what you've been doing, nor this, nor that, nor any other thing. Are you with me? Because who do we, what do we tend to do? We tend to get on the devil's bandwagon when we make mistakes. And as he condemns us, we join in with a condemnation. And allow guilt to get in. And then we're like, oh, woe is me, woe is me, poor me. I know I'm, I'm not going to get healed. I'm not, God's not going to prosper me. Why, why? You have been separated from the love of God. Wow, you have found a force no other human being on the planet Earth has found. But you have found it. Wow, you have found something that separated you from the love of God. No, you haven't. No, that's just the adversary. That's just the enemy and your mind cooperating with it. No, no, no. He says not, not, not death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm-mm. One more scripture since I've got time. Go to Ephesians, real quick. Look at Ephesians 2. Verse 4. Now, the. the The more than conqueror thing is off the scale. But notice this. But God, who is rich in mercy. Now notice it talks about mercy. Who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us. Let me listen to this in the Amplified. I was was meditating on this today. But God, so rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great Wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Now, now, now the next scriptures, we stu- remember redemption, we study this. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved, hath raised us up, up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Spiritual, our spiritual position in Christ. We are in the firstborn. You're not the Seventh million, four hundred sixty-seven thousand three hundred fifty-first in Christ. No, you are in Him first. Every one of us. God, God loves us so much. 
He is willing not only to save us, forgive our sins, wash us in His blood, put the Shekinah presence of God. You say, what do you mean by that? That which was in the Holy of Holies in the temple, that which was in the, in the, in the Holy of Holies of the, of the tabernacle in the wilderness, that which no man could touch, no man could go into without the shedding of blood, with a chance of death on the old covenant, but life for us, he puts it in us. Why? Because he loves us. Then he gives us the same position that the one that secured it for us has. He gives us that same position. Ain't nobody on this planet have any right to say God doesn't love me. God loves you with a love that is so big and so grand and so enormous. The world, our intellect, the world, nobody can understand it. You say, why? Because it is so huge because the Bible says what? God is love and when He is giving, He is being God. Let me try that again because there's a, there's, a, there's a keynote. God is love. Not that, not that God chooses to love. We choose to love. We choose to love. God doesn't choose to love. Two things the Bible says God is. God is love and God is truth. Now in order to understand God is love, understand God is truth. God is truth. If God the Father comes down out of heaven, comes to Island Church, walks into the back, walks up the aisle, comes, stands behind this pulpit, looks down at my clock, Clock says 821, 627, Thursday night, 74 degrees. He says, no, no, it's 915 in the morning of 822, Tuesday evening, and it's 60 degrees. Now, we would think that's a lie. But when you blink your eyes, do you know what would happen? Everything would turn to what he said. Because there's no capacity in him to lie. You say, well, he does not choose to not lie. There's no capacity in him to lie. If he says it, it is. It is. So if God is truth, now do you understand that? Now he's also love. So no matter what anybody has done, the worst sins they've committed, that's why even when you study what's called, quote, unpardonable sins and all this other stuff that many people preach, that much of it has no basis in the Word. Most of it, when you talk about it and you examine it thoroughly, it talks about not God forgiving, but people not willing to be forgiven. Amen? I believe Judas could have been forgiven. I believe you name any, any person in the Bible. I believe... Adam could have went to the father on behalf of his woman and said, Father, she made a mistake, but I haven't. I've stood on your word, and I'm here to intercede for her. I believe the father would have got it right. He would have got it right. He would have loved his creation enough to do what was necessary. God is love. And when God is giving, He's being God. What does every parent look for in their children? Every parent looks for in their children the character traits of themselves that are good. 
When you see in your children character traits of yourself that are good, it makes you glad. What does God see when He sees His children giving motivated by love? If God gives motivated by love, and when He's given, He's being God, then when you're giving motivated by love, He sees a piece of Himself in you. What do you do with your children when you see a piece of yourself in them that's good? You enhance it. You touch it. You bless it. You bring it out. You increase it. Are you with me? That's why when it comes to our giving, let's don't just nonchalantly write out checks and put money in envelopes and throw it in a bucket when it goes by. Next month we're going to uh, each Sunday morning, we're going to put our offering uh, receptacles up on the, uh, the, the speaker where the speakers are. And then while we receive the offering and the uh, praise team praise uh, music on Sunday morning, I'm going to allow whoever wants to, it's just open to everyone, to come up and give into our building fund. We haven't taken a building fund offering since our Christmas banquet of last year. We're almost right at $100,000 in our building fund, but we need to go up, get a little more money in it. Amen. How many agree? And so I've been writing checks. I've been preparing. Actually, I know I was going to do this for several months, so I've been writing. I want to lead the congregation. So every, that's four Sunday mornings, so I want to put at least a $1,000 check in every Sunday morning, and God has blessed me where I'm able to put now a $1,250 check in every Sunday morning. I'm going to believe God by the time it gets I'm going to be able to put $1,500. You say, why? Well, because I'm believing God to give $100,000, and I've already given almost $20,000 of that. You say, why? God so loved the world He gave. You say, what motivates you? Well, it's not the beauty of a building or the possession of a land or the gaining of an identity of a church. What motivates me is that, you know, there's going to be people like you that are going to come hear the Word. There's going to be people that are going to get saved. People that are going to be touched. There's going to be an area that's going to be changed. There's going to be revival, move of God. All that we've been praying for, all that we believe in God for, we're heading toward that. Sure, there's times when we've moved quicker. There's been times when we've moved more positively. But listen, we've never quit moving toward it because of what? Ministry? No. Because of buildings? Land? No. Because of the people that God loves. The only way He can love them is through us. And the only way we cooperate through that is by giving of what? Our time. Our Effort are giving, are empowered. That's why if you've got something from God, give it. If you sing, give your, give your song, give your voice. If you play an instrument, give your talent. If you're a preacher, preach. Are you with me? If you're an exhorter, exhort. If, if, you're, a, if you're a teacher, teach. Whatever it is you've got, don't hold back the endowment that God has put on the inside of you. Don't suppress it. You say, well, it's just not convenient and I've tried enough. No, 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 you can't do it. You've got to give it. If, that, if you don't, that's a third of your giving that you're not doing. Amen? Then your time. People many times, they don't understand that the best thing you can do with your time is to sow it into the kingdom. Because the Bible says in so doing that, you add redemption to it or you redeem your time. Let me just say this and we'll close. My time's up. When you're at church, you're not wasting your time. I've gone on some hunting trips. I was wasting my time. 
Wish you wouldn't have went. Just got wet, and that was it. Went on some fishing trips. I was wasting my time. Went on some surfing trips. I was wasting my time. Went on some shopping trips. I was wasting my time. Amen. Did some other things. I just wasted my time. But I've never come to church, sat, in the, sat under the teaching of the Word of God, teach the Word of God, where I came and praised the Lord and, 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 and gave in the offering and listened to the Word, or pray, where I was wasting my time. We don't waste our time. We're doing kingdom business in the church. We're teaching the Word. We're praising. We're worshiping. We're planning. We're going out. We're doing. We're believing God. We're saying big things, believing big things. Listen, that's what God's all about. So give of your time which is valuable, of your gifting, your talent, which is valuable. Give of your money, but do it all motivated by what? Love. Well, I, I, I don't, I, I, I would go, I would sing, but they won't let me, they won't let me lead. They won't, you, you're not doing that by love. That's not motivated by love. Amen? Anything you give to God, always take a little time and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Ask yourself, why am I going to church? Why am I going to church? Why am I putting this money in the offering? Why am I, why am I standing back here with an usher shirt on? Why am I standing behind the counter at the visitor center? Why am I doing this? Ask yourself those questions, and if love can answer them, you're doing the right thing. Amen? If love can answer it, then ask God why can't love answer it. And then deal with the issues until love can answer it. Amen. And then in your giving, giving by love, faith worketh by love. We give by faith. It becomes so much easier to receive because the same faith that worked in motivating you to give by love will also empower you by faith, motivated, fueled by Love to receive. Amen. And that's how it works. I've been watching it work for years. And it's amazing how it works. And you watch it come in. And you watch money come in. You watch the blessing of God flow. And you watch this happen and that happen. And you say, my goodness. I think uh, tonight, before we took the offering, with the check that I had in my pocket, before we took the offering, the offering was already almost $4,000 before we took it just because of what came in to the church before tonight's service. People write little notes, I won't be here tonight, but I want to make sure my offering's here. <laughs> I thought, that person loves God. <laughs> I have two cards in my, in, my, in my office right now that say that exact thing. We can't be here tonight, but we want to make sure our offering's here. They don't do it because of me. Something about God has touched their heart. Some about love has gotten on the inside of them. And they understand a principle. And I guarantee you, people like that will be blessed. Amen. And so will you. Everybody say, so will I. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up and worship the Lord. Father, we bless your name tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for revelation knowledge. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that faith works by love. Thank you that you love us so much, Lord. Lord, in our mistakes, in our inadequacies, in every area of our life, in which we struggle, we thank you, Father, that your love covers all that's wrong with us. We thank you for it, Father. We worship you tonight. We glorify you. We exalt you, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage 
at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.